All right, and welcome back to another uh, episode of Conquest Corner. The goal of this is to just go through all the various things from Parabellum's Games Conquest, The Last Argument of Kings. There was some interest last time in doing a deeper discussion related to, uh, at the time asked about, was the drum beast and the tonsor. I thought about that, went through, did it, enjoyed doing it. So I thought I would do the same sort of thing for some of these other factions. The way I want to do this, rather than just talking about one individual unit, because uh, not enough to go on there, I want to be able to make a comparison. What I figure I'll do, most of the things in this game, the boxes are dual kits. So it makes sense if you're a dual kit to talk about the two different sides, why you might build one option or the other, where to kind of see in terms of the army, play styles, all those sorts of ideas. So what I thought I would do for this one is actually not a dual kit. They're two individual kits, but I think they're comparable for the positions they sit in, what they are, and everything like that. So in this particular one, as you saw in the title, we're going to be talking from the Old Dominion. We're going through the Bone Columns and the Bacchephaly. So the thought is to discuss both of these, discuss where they go, how do they fit, what kind of list do you put them in, why do I like one over the other, all those sort of thoughts. And as we go along, I'll be honest, I'm probably going to do Old Dominion first because it's the one I know the best. However, if there's a particular unit breakdown, anything like that you want to see, if you're on the YouTube, you can put it in the comments below. I'll read through it. You know, we a popularity contest. If there's something people want talked about, that's what I'll go to next, obviously. I might have to do a little bit of research and thinking about it first. Some of them I know a lot more comfortably than others, but I'll absolutely do any of that work that's required. Um, so as you can see, maybe a little bit of the background, again, if you're watching on YouTube, there's a little bit of Christmas stuff up around because it is still the holiday season. And since it is, if you're interested in getting into any of these armies, Parabellum Games is still running some very good deals. Depending on when you listen to this, they may be done in your area. If not, I know there's some pre-orders that are starting soon for some nice looking releases in January. Um, nothing for my factions, but hey, that saves me some money, which is quite good. But if there's any of those that you're interested in, we do have down beneath below a code that you can use as well as a link. You use the code, it's Terrain Kickers on their web store. You can hit the link to be able to get into it as well. Um, anything that you purchase from that, you do get 10% off and you do help support the show as well. So it's a little bit for both of us, which is you know quite nice. Um, now, without further ado, let's get into these units a little bit here. So what I want to start with is just who actually even takes them, because this is a game, since you take things in terms of warbands and not everyone has access to everything, it doesn't make sense to make the discussion about these units unless we talk about where you're actually going to put them. Uh, the um, the warband part might be a little cut off. I'll read through it and I'll talk about it, but the sizing of the windows, I don't have to resize them like five times here. And again, oh, um, I am displaying all this for anyone who's watching on YouTube, but if you're just listening to this on the podcast or anything like that, I'll talk through the things that we're seeing as well, so that way you can understand what it is. You just don't get to see the nice little army builder that Parabellum Games has put together. All right, so uh, the Bone Golem. For the Bone Golem, your only option is the Archimandrite. Now, for me personally, that's a pretty good option. Now, the Archimandrite, I will say, is sort of the only option for several choices. This isn't just for this case. We're going to see, especially when we talk about Maroy and Cares and all of that, that this is a spot where you take these sort of things. You have some play in some other spots. Not really. I believe the Hyra Deacon... No, actually, my apologies. It is literally just the Archimander. I thought the Hyra Deacon could take one. Um, I, I think of the Hyra Deacon as she. doesn't matter. It's a weird you know, not even a person thing, but I always usually say that. So the argument locks a lot of these choices away. So if you want to take bone golems, you're taking it as a restricted choice. 
If you're taking Archimandrite, though, you're going to put it in a unit of Legionnaires, probably. You could put them in Cultists. I'm thinking more Legionnaires. Personally, also, Cultists aren't out yet. And then you can grab your Bone Golems. That means your absolute maximum Bone Golems is ever two units, because the only option is a Restrictive for the Archimandrite. However, for your Bekephali, you have options of the Fallen Divinity, which is a whole playstyle into itself. I'll get into a little bit of that idea here. I'm not going to go too deep dive on the Fallen Divinity right now, but I'll do that in a future episode if that's what people want. I've played her quite a few times. It is a mainstay choice, um, partially because the Fallen Divinity doesn't have restrictive choices. The Fallen Divinity may take two regiments, whatever type. She doesn't have to be able to join them or anything like that, so you could actually take two units of Bekephali here if you wanted. You can also take some other choices as well. The Hyra Deacon does take them as well, but it takes the Bekephali, again, in this case, as a restricted option, because it's not the super special, essentially, leader of the whole army kind of thing. For your higher deacons, I tend to put that in a unit of cultists, because I want board presence early. I want rat turn one to be able to start pumping up my dark power pool, or the fallen divinities pool, whichever one I'm worried about at the moment. So I do that, hey, Bekephali, as my restricted option. So if you're wanting these units, these are the options you're running now. For me personally, I think an Archimandrite and or Hierodeacon are very good choices just in the army in general. I tend not to run either of them as my Warlord. One, Hierodeacon you're not allowed to, but also Archimandrite I just personally don't tend to. The extra spell is nice, but I have other ways to get extra spells. I kind of like more what the Strategos or maybe Ziliarch does, depending on exactly what you take. If you take the Fallen Divinity, obviously that's how you run your Warlord. So that's how you're going to take these units. And we'll get a little bit into the ways they support them and their options once we get into it a little bit more. But let's take a look at the two units themselves and kind of start getting into it. They're both heavy brutes. They're both comparable in base points, 210 to 220. So no realistic difference. 10 points, that, that's nothing in this game. I often have a spare 10 points or 20 points and I throw it on some banners or upgrades like that. Both move six, both base defense three, both attacks four, where it starts to vary. The Bone Golems are only a clash two, where Bukefali are clash three, so Bukefali are more reliable on their hits. Uh, sorry, Bone Golems have an extra wound, they're six wounds compared to the Bukefali's five. And Bukefali actually do have an evasion. They actually have evade two, which is exceedingly good and has saved my, you know, proverbial bacon. I mean, they're. They're essentially undead minotaurs, has served my bacon many, many times. The reason being, defense three is very nice unless someone has a good cleave number. And both of the units kind of work off the idea that they have good cleaves. But carefully in particular have a cleave of three, the other one's a two, and we'll get into more of their stats in a second. But an evasive two means I always have at least a two. And there's many cases where someone has, say, cleave of two, or maybe three, or something else, or oh, you don't get defense because of some special rules they have or other things, either stuff that's out or could come out. So being able to have that evasion has absolutely kept some of them alive in the past. And I find sometimes with these units, you don't need that many left over to really hit the enemy hard. All right, um, the clash is obviously the biggest difference between these two. The extra wound is nice. One extra wound is a huge difference here. Although when we think of Archimandrites being able to heal, one extra wound means you need to be able to get to that spot to heal them back a little bit more more readily. Remember, you have to be able to heal at least half, so their wound healing, if a full stand is gone, is both three for each. 
But for the Bacephaly, if you've only taken a little bit of a wound, maybe one wound or two, you have a better shot at getting a full stand back than you might free for the Bone Golems. Not a big difference, but something to think about. Let's go through their special rules, and let's see why we like them the way they do. Um, for cleave numbers, I said Bone Golems are two, whereas your Bacephaly are three. Bone Golems get Relentless Blows. For anyone who doesn't know, Relentless Blows means when you're, for them doing a clash, it would be a, it would be a duel as well, but they don't duel. When you get a clash, your ones cause an extra hit. So every single time you get a one, you get an extra hit. They're both unstoppable, so everyone's getting three roll charges. Your Bone Golems have hardened one, so their defense three, but they ignore one of the opponent's cleave or brutal impact or any of essentially their rules that try to cut through you. Uh, armor piercing is the other one. This does mean if they have things like line breaker that you lose that, but that's not quite as common. All right, so uh, bone golems have R of death. Essential R of death does if you start, so you draw your command card and you're in contact with a unit with R of death, then you take the number of hits equal to their R of death value times how many of my stands that you're in contact with. So if it's a normal three unit and you're hitting all of my stands with your regiment, then you're taking nine of them. It mentions that this happens after they draw the card, but before they end up doing draw events. And this even happens even if they decide not to activate them. The fact of pulling the card makes this occur. If I destroy you in this part, then you get to draw another card. You essentially get to go again. So they do mention that that is a thing for this. And they talk about if you're garrisoned, then nothing happens. Remember, this no longer causes morale checks. It used to. That's no longer a thing anymore. All right, so they have that. They have impact two. That's the same as the Bekefali. So they both have the impact. The difference is the Bekefali have brutal impact one. So the impacts are better on the Bekefali. They're both animate vessel. They're both terrifying one. So that's the overall of base rules. I want to talk about that before we get into memories of old, because I think that's um, a discussion to have. All right. So cleave two versus cleave three is a huge difference. Obviously, if you go into someone with evade, who cares? Let's say you're not going into things with evades. Um, cleave three means that most things outside of stuff from Dweg or something that has a high defense with shields and all of that, most things get very little to almost no save whatsoever. Whereas cleave two, that one extra I find does make a, a sizable difference, especially if someone actually has hardened on them as well. With the way they redid Dweg home, getting hardened instead of having a little bit less defense, but hardened, getting the extra cleave absolutely helps you get through them. So that plus one difference is very noticeable, very important. The other big thing is the brutal impact. So impact hits are great, but if you get your full saves, I'm not as concerned about that. Now, if, if we think of, there's, there's tons of ways you can get impact hits in this game. If we think of some of the lighter units, if we think of some of the light Nord units that can do it, or the Wadroon, which we did before, I'm essentially just trying to get you down with weight of dice. I'm not really worried about having the brutal part. I'm just going to hit you with tons and tons of, of impact. And when I'm aiming those units, I'm not aiming at your heavy hitters, or at least your well-armored heavy hitters, because my units don't stand up to that. These two are different, though. For these two, I'm looking to hit your heavy units because of my cleave two slash cleave three. Because I don't have that many attacks realistically, because for their cost, I'm not going to be running like eight stands of either of them or seven stands of either of them. 
which means that I need to be able to make maximum effect with minimum attacks, which means I want to be hitting people with good defenses because I have a good way through the defense, which means if I rush in with bone golems impacting two, even if I roll really well and they got a lot of hits, you're probably having good defense. That brutal impact one, which can become a brutal impact two with a memory of old, can make a very big difference. That means if I rush in, I can get a decent number through to begin with, because the clash number comes into play. We'll talk about that in a second. And I'm actually going to be carving through you again. If you have a defense, I'm lowering it by two. That means I'm going to get results. When we talk about that, um, and we'll mention this here briefly. The Bone Golems extra is an extra Aura of Death. Aura of Death 4 is very good. Again, I think that we're going to see they have a little bit of a different purpose, even though I think the Bone Golems should fit one slot. I think they actually fit a different purpose than the Bokefali. When I look at these guys, so when I do that direct comparison, the biggest problem that Bone Golems run into is their Clash value of 2. 2 is terrible. Now, that's pretty common for a lot of our base units in this army. We got a lot of Clash 2s, and they do that because we get a lot of bonuses, all these extra rules. We don't resolve, so we stick around a lot more. So essentially, we tend to hit a little bit less. 2 versus 3 is very, very meaningful, and here's a few reasons why. So when I think of their uses of each, I think of the Kefali as wanting to go into the very tough units. Bongolms, I don't do the same way. So when I think of the two versus three, let's assume that you charged. Let's assume a three pack of each because they're pretty equivalent in points. The Bekefali are more expensive by 10 points additional per stand, so they'll go up higher in cost. But again, I'm not too concerned with that. It's, it's appropriate. So let's say you charged in, you're inspired, all of that. First things first, your impacts don't benefit from the expired, which means if we're looking at a three pack, with impact two on those Bekefali, then you're looking at six going in, you're hitting with about half of them, you're looking at about three. Your brutal impact one, potentially two, if you have memories of old, let's assume you have your memories of old, because there's good ways to get it early, and we'll talk about that, which means you have on average three, that they have minus two to their saves, so they're probably saving on ones to maybe twos at max. You should get one to two through, they might be saving on worse, should get one to two through. They're resolving on that. You might get an extra one. So you're looking at probably two-ish wounds on average that you're looking at there. Again, their saves, their stats, all that can vary, but you should be able to get a few through. However, when we look at the bone golems, they're only hitting one third of the time. So they're probably only on average going to get about two hits. They're losing about a hit on average. With no, no brutal impact, means you're getting your full saves so if you're hitting someone with a with a save essentially you might get a wound in reasonable chance that they have an okay save maybe you don't get any even if you do the resolve there's a chance they don't take it so you're looking at that impact on the Bekefali actually getting you some results it could take a couple wounds off now you could spike of course and you could spike and take on a whole stand but on average you should be able to take two to maybe three wounds off so being terrifying, of course, usually helps. Now you go and swing. They both have the base number of attacks of four. You charged in your bone golems. Now we're hitting on threes. So they're hitting half. They do have relentless blows, which means if you roll ones, you do get an extra hit on four dice per stand. Because that's what we're looking at. We're looking at per stand amount here. 
on four dice, it's about 50%, a little bit more, but it's about 50% that you get at least one one. Um, obviously, the odds of only getting a single one is different, but we're talking about you could get more than one. So it's about 50%. So we're looking at a stand. You're hitting about half with about half a chance of at least one one. We could average it to about three hits. Um, for these, I'm going to do some glossing over some of the stats. I'm not doing the pure exact breakdowns. If people are more interested in that, let me know in the comments below on YouTube. I can go through any of that if you want. I can do statistical analysis on more of this stuff, but I'm trying to keep it a little more high level because I think in these decisions, when they're reasonably close, that's not a fun way to pick what to take. You know, oh, they're pretty good army-wise. They both have a good purpose in my army. I like the look of this better. That's a good reason to take it. Not this one does 0.3 hits more. I don't, that to me, that's not fun. So, you're looking at about three hits. On average, you have cleave two. You could get a decent amount of wounds through. You could get um, your terrifying third resolve. You can get some through there. And again, that's about per stand. When you look at the Bekephali, they're now hitting on fours with their four attacks. They should average themselves about three as well. Again, it's not exactly three. And relentless blows can spike. I remember one time I was playing Horse Heresy. And my Praetor hits on twos, and I rolled four dice, and he rolled four ones. Which, if you know anything about GW games, ones are what you don't want. For this game, I would have been amazing. I would have doubled my amount of hits. But we're going averages because you. I've also had plenty of times with my Bone Golems after a charge when I'm hitting on twos that I roll four dice on a guy, and I get nothing. I roll for 12 dice on a unit of three of them, and I get like three hits because I roll just high numbers. I've also had cases where I roll those 12 dice and I get 12, 13, 14 hits. So Relentless Blows allows you to spike more, but it's very unreliable. It just depends on what you roll. If you don't roll well, it's not going to help you at all. So they're both on average getting about the same amount of hits per stand. However, the extra cleave means more wounds. I've had many cases where that extra cleave means the opponent gets no save. This was especially good going into some units of dinosaurs that have essentially like defense threes. You have no save. I, I just, whatever I do is flat damage to you. Um, so overall, from the charge and hit, Kefali tend to hit a little bit harder. Makes sense. They're a little bit more, but they tend to hit a bit harder. The brutal impact helps a lot, as well as the extra cleave. Protracted combat is a little bit of a different toss-up. Bekefali have a less wounds, a little bit less in terms of defense, but since they hit naturally better, they're going to cause more damage over time. However, the Bone Golems do have the Aura Death. So if your opponent does activate on you and their save is not great, Aura Death is the sort of thing, since it no longer causes morale, your terrifying won't help you. Aura Death means I either get a lot from it or little. If you have good defenses, it's not going to do anything to you. If you don't, though... I'm going to hit into you. So in terms of long-term, the Bone Golems are probably doing all their damage from Aura Death. I've had plenty of times when I roll those dice, it just doesn't happen. Now, if you happen to be in turns when you're always inspired, so if you're at now tier three in your dark power pool, we have a little bit more leeway with them. But for protracted combats, I tend to like the Bekefali more for what I send them into. The Bone Golems... I want to send them into things that are a bit lighter because that's where I want them. The enemy could be a bigger hitter because they're a little bit more defensive, 
unless they cleave. If they cleave, I'd rather have Bucephaly. However, when looking at it, that hardened really does help and all, so they're a bit of a toss-up. So, overall, personally, I've been running Bucephaly a lot more. One, I enjoyed painting them more. Bone Golems had so many little knickknacks all over them, they were a slog to paint. I don't enjoy finicky models of painting, so partly I've been running Bucephaly more. So, let's get into a little bit of how we supplement them and where I see them, because I honestly see them in very, very different places. I think there's place for both, and I'll talk about, if you only take one, which one I would take. So, if we're taking a look at, say, the Bone Golems, because that's easier, got to take an Archimandrite to be able to take these. So I want to talk about what the Archimandrite can do for them. The Archimandrite is your caster. Um, yes, Higher Deacon casts a little bit as well, but it doesn't really do a whole lot for the rest of the things. Higher Deacon is where this, I'm oh, sorry, the Archimandrite is where this is at. Remember, you do have ways to be able to cast two spells. I almost always, always take the extra upgrade so I can do that. Uh, in particular, I'm uh, forgetting the name right now. Where is it? Uh, why am I forgetting the thing? The one that lets you do it. Uh, is it a blessing? I bet it's a blessing. Is that why I'm not thinking of it? Not tactical combat. Arcane. Unholy Mastery. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Unholy Mastery just means if you get four or more successes, you may cast again. If you take a high enough retinue, you're going to be on seven dice with one on success, often needing threes for your spells, you'll get to the four. You'll be able to cast two. So you'll be able to heal and then do something else. Four bone golems. Obviously, Archimandrites heal. That's a huge facet of what they do, and healing these sort of units up can really demoralize an opponent. When we think of other things that we're doing for them... Um, sorry, not that one. Blasphemous power is always a good one, because that lets you be one tier higher. Casting this early, I find... So, the way I usually run, I run a Hyra Deacon early to smack down one of my units. The Archimandrite goes later to heal that unit back up and then cast a spell. If you're close enough for Blasphemous Power and your Bone Golems are already stuck in, they get extra Aura of Death. Remember, Aura of Death from this sort of thing um, is overcut out, but one way that it gets this is Blasphemous Power means that you count as one tier higher. So you can get to the Tier 2, count as a draw event, you can have your Aura of Death, you can go early with them, hit something, and then when they hit you back, you got an extra aura of death. Or, realistically, for when these guys come in, you might be now at tier two. This puts you to tier three. Now you're inspired. Now you're hitting stronger. The other option is your dark immolation. They go up. Um, it, it makes your aura of death go up. The limit is five. You're currently on three, four. So early game, this is more meaningful. Late game, it really doesn't do you much. But you do get that extra early aura of death. Now, Aura Death only matters if you're already stuck in combat and if you get to do some of these bonuses to get the extra before they go. This does mean you could have an Archimandrite go early, get you potentially to that Aura Death 5, and then your Bone Golems could be saved for later because their memory of old won't matter for the time being. You could wait for a bit on that. And if you're willing to wait on that for a bit, that's useful. Um, actually, in this... Oh, any regiment affected by the spell has its aura death to a maximum of five. So remember, if you have the spell, your own aura death won't go up higher. It's not that the spell caps to five. 
It's that having the spell on you is a total cap of five. So for these guys, now there's, there's not a lot of other buffs that other people can do to them. The Hyrule Deacon doesn't buff as much. You can't really put characters in here. So we're kind of looking at this as your buffing options for them. So when I take a look at bone columns, what I see them best for, these are not going into the high defense options. I know you have a cleave of two, but on your bad to hit and all early, and your aura death, if they have high defense, you're probably just going to get torn down. You might be able to tie them down if that's your bigger concern. But we have better options to be able to get into the heavy hitters, defensively at least. If someone is very offensive-minded, but isn't the best in terms of their defense, that's where these want to go. Move 6 is pretty fast, so speed isn't too much of a problem, I find. The Cleave 2 does help to make sure that whatever I hit doesn't get much of a save, if anything, unless they have a good evade. But the Hardened, with 6 wounds, on defense 3, and Aura Death means if you don't have a great save, you're a little bit more glass cannony for what I'm going against means that when they activate, I could deal a decent amount of damage to them. I'm pretty defensive for the hit back. And then later when I go, I can now pile on the damage to be able to take down those bits of stands that I have. I find bone golems don't hit nearly as hard as you think they will. The relentless blows is nice, but often they just don't do the output. Where they do the output is that aura death. But aura death is only going to help if I can actually put the damage on you which means not good saves. Where I see these guys hitting opponents that have an armor of maybe an overall save of about a two, which is quite a few units. There's quite a few units that hit hard with armor twos, maybe an armor three. I would never want to go against anyone at three in a shield or anything like that, or with very high evade numbers. So I see them being supported great by the Archimandrite. I see the Archimandrite wanting to be near them because the Archimandrite, usually I don't want in the front lines. The Archimandrite, I'm going to take that 40-point upgrade. I'm going to usually send out a heal to someone. If an enemy is close enough, then I'm going to do Unholy Baptism to start hitting them with some armor-piercing damage. And then, if it's early game, I bump someone's tier up so they get their memories of old. I often do it on my Cataphracty, but here's not a bad idea either. Or I'll do Dark Immolation to get them to that Aura Death 5. If they're in a spot for that to really do some damage, if you're a three block, that's 15 auto hits. Even if you have very good saves, that's still going to be some real damage. So I see them as going a little bit more for the glass cannon, a little bit more for the lighter or crowd control. Hit them into things that, yeah, your other units could take, but they might take a while. These ones can carve through it or they'll sit there. These units are great on objectives. Let the opponent hit you or hit into them, sit on the objective, let your aura death do the damage, let your survivability be there, and let someone else come in for cleanup as necessary. When you think about our army in general, we have, it's essentially our special units that you need to really dish damage out. Our base ones that you take, your legionnaires, um, just scrolling through yet, when I think of Legionnaires, when I think of some of the other light choices, not really damage dealers, Praetorian Guard, not really damage dealers, we need their special options, often heavies. So this is a good option for that. You are restricted a bit with the fact that the Archimander is the only one that can take it. I do think that hurts. I think it's probably fitting, but I do think that hurts. 
Um, for bone golems, I never usually take more than four. I find four does enough. I will often take them in a line. Sometimes I make them as a four block to at least get in. I'll line them out later if I didn't do in the beginning, but I never go above that. Personally, I just think you're putting way too many points. I said other buffs, not really. I don't think there's a whole, whole lot else that buffs them. Obviously, um, Warlord traits can be able to get the free reform. If you take a Strategos as your Warlord is great. Counting as an extra tier higher is really good because now you can get your memory of old early. Not as important, but good. Zilli Arch 1 doesn't help you at all. Fallen Divinity doesn't help you at all for its thing. Um, obviously, there's some other good stuff Fallen Divinity can do that supports it, but I'm not going to go through all those little nuances here. When we take a look at the Bekephali, so Archimandrite helps the Bekephali in very, very similar ways. Getting your extra brutal impact from your memories of old by taking the uh, Blasphemous Power helps a lot. Because now Brutal Impact 2 means this is the unit that goes into the very heavy defensive units. Things that you want to take down. With an evade of two means that you're still very survivable because no matter how hard they hit, you're on twos usually. I mean, let's ignore some weird special cases of dumb stuff that could happen. But you're on twos and twos is actually still really, really good. Especially when you remember you don't resolve. So they're going to have a hard time chewing five wounds at a time if you always get twos to save. The extra brutal impact means that these guys will hit in. They do need that charge. But they will hit in and they will crush people. Having abilities to heal is really good. Again, these guys are a little bit easier to heal multiples of because at higher levels, you can be healing, you know, four, maybe five, and that's really going to heal up one to two stands where the other ones are only ever really going to get one, depending on how the numbers look. It's a little bit easier on this, especially if you've taken more than like one wound on a guy. Um, other spots I see, obviously giving them aura death is fine. You can actually give that to them. Um, the Dark Immolation doesn't care what it gives you. So you can absolutely put our death onto them, which is a cool thing. I usually just don't do it, but you absolutely can. I usually want to put it in other spots. But what's nice with this is, one, you don't have to take an Archimandrite to run this. You do have some options. If you're taking Fallen Divinity, these are great in Fallen Divinity. Fallen Divinity, I find, wants heavy hitters and then things that just go sit on objectives. The Fallen Divinity rushes forward with these guys at the helm as well. These guys hit the things that would actually hurt the Divinity, which could actually get through it, especially if your Divinity is not Tier 3 yet. They hit that, either take it out or tie it down, so your Divinity can go and chomp down the lighter targets until it's a Tier 3, and then it cuts through anyone it feels like. So I do think these guys are great there. I think this, whether you unit Keratids or maybe Canifors, is really, really good for Divinity. So the buffs, equally good, in some ways better, because the Brutal Impact I like a little bit more personally. Um, like I said, Higher Deacon doesn't really buff, not really the same sort of way. Th there's some options related to it, but not not really of what it's going to do. But if you're running a list that's trying to ramp up your speed, Higher Deacons are almost a must-take, which means that you can take this unit for reasonably cheap because you can take Higher Deacon with a unit of Cultists, you get them out early, you're starting to dart up your Dark Power Pool, and then you have a cheaper way to get your Bekephali out. I find the Hierodeacon, I don't put nearly as many upgrades. The Archimandrite needs to do work. So the Archimandrite's going to get close to 200 points the way I usually run it. Or Hierodeacon, I usually take 
maybe arcane level one. If I got the spare points, I'll go up higher. But arcane level one, get me that extra die is pretty good. Um, if I go higher, sure. So, and these guys are well supported by other things. So again, your Stratigos is your leader. Then you get a reform. These guys on reform is really good. So normally these guys, I run minimum four, often five. One, they are more expensive. But I find if I hit them into or get near the targets I want, they absolutely make up their points. And they're survival enough, especially if you run five, that if someone hits you and gets several, takes a stand out, maybe two stands, you still have enough to be able to swing back with. Again, because if you're stuck in combat on cleave three, maybe four if you're inspired, because if you're high enough tier, um, sorry, clash, I to say, sorry, clash three, maybe four, because of high enough tier, with a cleave three, I'm going to get wounds into you. Unless you have a good evade, you are taking a lot of wounds back. That's a battle I don't mind getting into. So I see Bukefali as wanting to hit much heavier targets. I don't want to put my bone golems into them. I've had them stall out far too many times. My Bukefali never stall me. Now, yeah, you could roll terrible dice, but in general, they're getting through people. I've had them take down plenty of dinosaurs. I've had them take down plenty of giants or Jotnars, plenty of whatever comes their way. There's very few things that can stand up against them. I do find I like a group of minimum of four. I often run five. I tend to have an Archimandrite as well, so I can heal them up so I can keep them in fighting shape. This is a unit that I like not to come in until that turn four, where I can start them on the side of the board, because then they can be there, and on turn five, they're rushing into someone. They're off to my first activation turn five. If they have to run in from board edge, they can still get up 12. They're often still a very early activation in that turn four once they're a legal target, or they like said turn five if that's when they become legal targets for charging. So the extra addition of where you can put them, I think, helps them. I said, we'll go through Fallen Divinity List. If anyone's interested, let me know. I will go through my Fallen Divinity List, how I put it together, the thoughts behind it, all my sort of decisions. All right, to keep this a little bit on the shorter side, so where do I see them? When I take a look at these, as I said, we talked about how I, I see them as serving different purposes. Personally, I prefer Bekefali. I think this army has some decent ways to deal with lighter targets or, or, or glass cannons or things that the bone golems excel at a little bit better. Um, I think when, when I think of our light units, our Cares and Maroi can go well against those sort of things. Um, I think Caratids with their shooting attacks can do well into that. I think even if you take a look at uh, Anathity, Anathity do well against lighter targets because they get tons of attacks with Flurry, so they're going to get the hits in. If you don't have a great save, they'll cut through you. Um, however, our big heavy hitters is much lower. Varangian Guard is the other heavy hitter. Now, Varangian Guard serve a bit of a different purpose to me because you can put a Ziliarch in there, you can put your leader in there, now that might be your warlord and if you're running as your warlord they could get two swings you're doing a little bit something different i often do take bukefali and varangian guard i rarely if ever take both of these bukefali and bone golems and lately i just haven't taken my bone golems for what we have out now and for what i find i need i have options that aren't bone golems that can do the job reasonably well however I don't have as many things that do the job that the Bekefali do. The other problem with Bone Golems is 
I recommend right since it has to be restricted. If I want to take any of their special things that she takes, any of our ghost units or anything, then I'm not taking them because the Archimandrite's not taking two mainstays for me, ever. I have too many other things I want to run. I don't have the space for two mainstays from her. So I personally prefer them. What I will say, if you're loving your Varangian Guard, your Bone Golems might not be a bad addition. Or if you're loving your Archimandrite, your Bone Golems are not a bad addition because they fit a little bit of a different purpose. They can hit things that you want them to work with, and it frees up some points of other things. If you are taking the Fallen Divinity, I think a Bukefali unit is almost a must-take because of how good they are. If you're taking a Hierodeacon, I think they're almost a must-take. So if you're moving away from Ziliarch and you're especially not being in Varangian Guard sort of units, then I think you absolutely do lean into the Bukefali for sure. Um, especially because the Ziliarch is the only one who takes the Varangian Guard. So if you're not doing that sort of avenue, I think then you are absolutely looking at probably having to have a unit but carefully. I think if you don't, in the current game where we have a lot more units out, no Bukefali, no Varangian Guard. And again, I'm not counting some of the stuff that isn't out yet. You know, we could get into some of that. With those, I think you're struggling. Unless you're bringing Fallen Divinity, I think you're struggling because people have some big, heavy, strong units that have good saves. Especially if you end up going against someone who plays Dwight Home. If you're playing Dwight Home, you need a way to carve through them. I don't care the defenses aren't as high. If you can't carve through it with their good resolves, you're not getting anywhere. You're not going to have a fun game. And I absolutely think that Bukefali are almost, you really need to use them. If you don't own one yet, proxy them, try them out, give them a shot, see what you think of them. Bone Golems, I think they're a fun choice. A little bit annoying to paint. I do think they're a fun choice, but I think they're a much more niche choice in this army. Where I think at least for now that we have these Bukefali, they're in almost all my lists. Bone Golems are when I want to spice it up and I want to run maybe some ghosts as well. And I really want to wear, run a sort of a more weird list. So... Um, for Bone Golems, my list there, the one I've taken in the past, I take a mainstay of Legionnaires. This is a spot where sometimes I take Cares as well, and then I can take the uh, Bone Golems with them. From that, what I've often done then is a Ziliarch with usually then Severangian Guard and kind of fill out the rest from there. If I'm taking Bukefli, my current list is Hepakefli, Anathati, um, Archimandrite, a Hierodeacon, and usually a Certikos. Sometimes Ziliarch, sometimes actually do run all four. If not, I will drop usually maybe, if not the Certigos, maybe the Ziliarch, and then I don't run the Varangian card. But that's a little bit more of what my list looks like. If anyone actually wants to see lists made with the units when I talk about them, let me know. I can always show that. I don't know if that's of interest. I talk a little bit about list ideas, but we can do a deeper dive of exact list concepts, exact list ideas. If people want to have your list looked at, obviously we can do that kind of stuff as well. I, I keep this as free form and going about whatever I want to talk about at the time. All right, I think that belabors those points enough. So like I said, they both fill a little bit of a role. I prefer Bekefali personally right now. Maybe when we see some more units out, Maybe that'll change, but currently they're a little darling that I love to run, and I put them in almost every list first, and then I fill out the rest of my list because they're also just, they're great-looking models, and they're so fun to paint. All right, if you enjoyed this or other want other Conquest content or anything like that, like I said, if you are watching on YouTube, 
notes below. You can mark down what you're looking for. You can leave comments about what you would like to see and all of that. If you're looking on podcatchers, obviously you can go there as well to just let me know the sorts of things that you want discussed. Um, if it comes to Conquest, let me know what you want to see. If it comes to other games, tell us as well. If you have been enjoying our content, we do ask that you subscribe if you haven't done so yet on YouTube. We're getting close to 900, which is getting close to 1,000, which is when YouTube actually cares about you and you start showing up in searches easily and all that sort of stuff. So um, I would like to be at least 900 before the year ends and maybe early next year get to that 1,000 mark. Um, that That's something that tells me like we're doing, we're doing it right when it kind of gets to that. If you're trying to buy either of these units or anything else from Parabellum Games and you don't have either Fernley Local Game Store or anything like that, I said, underneath this on the, I, I usually put it in the podcatcher as well. It's there as well as on YouTube. It's a link you can click on. You have our uh, code. You can put in at checkout. Train Kickers get you 10% off on any of your purchases that you're doing through Parabellum Games website, as well as it helps out the show as well. Honestly, that it really does do quite a bit and it's helped us be able to get some of the equipment we need for the battle reports that we're working on. The Christmas season has been crazy, but we're going to start doing some Imperialis battle reports hopefully next week. I want to get back to doing more Conquest stuff battle reports wise. I'm hoping again in January to start getting into more of that and doing more of those. The problem is I don't have a space to do it, so I have to be able to work out spaces to do that. I'm working on getting more reliability to be able to do that. So all right, I think that does it enough for me. So on behalf of everyone here then at the show, has a good hobby. It's a great gaming.